0: The following broadcast by The Kingdom Voice, Dr. Dana Carson, is made possible through and Partners. Dr. Carson teaches the power of the kingdom in its original Jewish context that will revolutionize and transform your life through the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from The Kingdom Voice. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world. Welcome to the Dynamic Kingdom Teaching Ministry of Dr. Dana Carson, affectionately known as the Kingdom Voice. The teaching ministry of Apostle Carson is touching the world through social media, radio, Podcasts, internet and television we're so glad that you tuned in with us and we know that you are going to be empowered and transformed by the powerful teachings of the kingdom voice dr dana carson as he opens the scriptures and teaches the bible from its original jewish context We hope that after hearing the teaching ministry of Apostle Carson, the Kingdom Voice, you will pray about becoming a partner with Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries and help us preach the gospel of the kingdom around the world. Now please sit back and enjoy the teaching and preaching ministry of Dr. Dana Carson, the Kingdom Voice, as he teaches in this series, Kingdom Identity, Why Am I Here? D.C.K.M. Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries
1: the third uh, stage Erickson, Erickson uh, has is initiative versus guilt. Now, uh, this is for children four years old. Now, uh, kids are asserting themselves more at, at this stage and interacting with other kids. Uh, and uh, at this stage, they are in, encountering their first thirst for knowledge and how the parents treat the child's questions now are very important because it can it can determine how the child interprets themselves so the virtue that the child gets in this stage is purpose so they feel a sense of purpose when they are allowed to ask questions and the parent answers the questions that helps to make them feel purposeful or they gain a sense of of guilt uh, for asking questions, and it it begins to uh, weigh on their self-esteem. Then the fourth stage is industry versus inferiority. Now, this is between the ages of 5 and 12. Child learns, so during this time, a child is learning to read, write, do summations, and also during this age group, 5 to 12, Peer groups gain more significance and becomes a major source of the child's self-esteem. Uh, and so it's important in this stage that we understand it. And teachers are extremely important as it relates to this stage industry versus inferiority. The child tends to want to, at this stage, win when, uh, when the approval of uh, of significant people by distri- by demonstrating specific competence which are valued in society and be- and so you know they be like look at this look at this I can do this look you want to see me do this watch this watch this this is an important phase uh, with which uh, in the developmental process and doing this stage is where they get a sense of pride. their accomplishment. So the virtue they gain here is competence. Now, these uh, first four stages help us to understand the pillars of a healthy identity uh, and uh, requires uh, the virtues. When we look at these four stages, these uh, virtues are what i referred to yesterday as pillars because we see the virtue of hope which is security we see uh, also the sense of acceptance in these uh stages we this we see the sense of belonging we see a sense of affirmation which provides the substratum of identity every person with a healthy identity Uh, has to experience in their developmental process of identity, a sense of security, acceptance, belonging, identity, and um, uh, affirmation. Now, identity is the ability to know who you are and what your role is in society. It speaks of your uniqueness as a person and produces the virtue of fidelity. When you know who you are, you can embrace others that are different than you without classifying them as inferior or superior. So the virtue of fidelity serves as a substratum of intimacy versus isolation because the sixth stage is intimacy. The only reason I mention that now is because it's only when you know who you are can you really become intimate with others, or you will always feel lonely or by yourself because you do not know yourself. You cannot express yourself to another nor embrace another if if you nor know they know who they are. So the relationship begins very unstable because both people are trying to bond with one another uh, while unconsciously engaging uh, in an ongoing exploration of the self, resulting in isolation, not intimacy. These, These virtues are provided for us, however, in the kingdom of God. So, If you were not fortunate enough to have these virtues become a part of your developmental process, you can get them in the kingdom. The good news is that even if if you had uh, not received them and benefited from them in the world, uh, when we come to Christ, and, and so let's say even if you had received them and benefited from them whether you did or you didn't. When we come to Christ, the Bible says we must now die to the old man in order to become the new man. We've got to die to Saul in order to become Paul. So I don't want you thinking about how sad it is that you didn't get these virtues. Your mother and father didn't give that to you because God desires to provide you with the ultimate understanding of who you are and what you were placed here to do uh, with an ability to embrace the differences of others. When we get saved, we must die to ourselves. So, all that you thought you were all that you learned when you come to god you've got to die to the self whatever that identity was then you've got to die to it it's no longer primary the bible says that he who loses his life will gain his life now in mark 8 and 34 uh um dietrich bonhoeffer in his book uh called the cost of discipleship he looks at mark 8 and 34 And he states that when uh, Christ bids a man to come, he bids him to come unto me and die. Jesus says uh, that if any man will come after me, let him first deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me. So there is the denial of the self. So God wants to recreate in you a, a kingdom identity. Thus, uh, there is equality at the cross and all men must die as sinners and then are given the ability to be born again, to get a new nature. So whatever your identity was rooted in prior to Christ, it becomes totally subject to the cross and the crown of Jesus. Christ declares that if any man desires, in Mark 8 and 34, Thelu, the Greek term, wishes or has the impulse or desire to come after me, to come and to go after me. He demands that we deny ourselves, turn away from self-centeredness. The Greek term here is arponeomai, very powerful term. It means to turn away from self. Uh, self-idolatry. And in the, in the Greek language, it's what we call an aorist middle imperative. I think it bears repeating or, or explaining just a little bit. Aorist in English in Greek is like a past tense in English. And so it's, it's what has already been done. Middle voice is that which I do for my own good. Imperative is a mode of command. Now, when you put an heiress and an imperative together, that means urgent action once and for all. And the middle voice says, this action that you do once and for all is to your benefit. So when God, when Jesus says, deny yourself, he's telling you to do it once and for all, and it's going to benefit you because the old self Will lead to destruction when we give our lives to Christ. We must establish a new identity that supersedes our natural identity. So don't get bent out of shape if you're saying, Oh man, I don't, I never learned who I was. How do I go back and get it? You ain't got to go back and get it. God's got a better one for you, God's got the real one for you, God's got the ultimate one for you. The spirit man is a different version of the natural man. Thus, uh, Paul writes, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new, canos, which speaks qualitatively new in contrast with neos, the Greek term, temporarily new, which means God wants to make you forever qualitatively new. He is a new creation. Uh, Katesis, which speaks of being uh, founded, it speaks of, I told you yesterday, of like being colonized. You you become a new creation. And then he says, old things have passed away and all things are becoming new. The word becoming there again on my Greek term, which means to begin or to come into existence. But this word is in a perfect tense, which means uh, it's a continual state. It became new, and it continues to become new. So, however, uh, we are not asked, even though we are created as a new creation, we are not asked to deny our natural identity based upon natural ethnicity. So you get saved. You don't have to go around and say, I'm not a black man. I'm a kingdom man. You are a black kingdom man or you are a white kingdom man, you do, listen, You we cannot understand, let's think about this, we cannot understand the message of Christ without understanding his Jewish background and context. Jesus still is recognized today by his Jewishness. The great apostle Paul used his dual citizenship as both a Jew and a Roman citizen to help him, uh, fulfilled his ministry responsibility. Ethnicity uh, has a place in prophetic purpose. The Bible says to the Jew first and then the Gentiles. Acts 17 talks about he's made from one blood many nations. Uh, the, the Bible tells us that God has different prophetic futures for different ethnic groups, and they serve the purpose of God. Now, identity in Christ, however, is the key to you being able to fulfill the will of God for your life and be able to navigate navigate through the diverse crises in your life. And you need to understand this. Trouble doesn't last always, but trouble is coming. In this life, we shall have tribulations. Now, in essence, you are, you're going to have some hard times in life. And it is your ability to know who you are that will guide you and help you through your crises. Now, a crisis. Now, uh, a crisis is a situation that arises that is beyond your immediate ability to intellectually and physically handle it, but demands immediate resolution due to continual or potential damages. And crisis situations, man, can be very, uh, there are a lot of pressure and they can be very demanding. And uh, and if you don't know who you are and you suffer from low self-esteem and low self-identity, a crisis can take you out. Now, it's, it's, it's a situation, a crisis is a situation that occurs that You don't have the immediate means to handle the situation, but it is your identity that assists you in being able to critically think through the challenge and maintain your composure and get through the process. When you know who you are in God, not what you have, but who you are, not simply who he is, but who you are you can handle any situation you encounter in life beloved your identity is the key to your success in God and your ability to fulfill uh, to fulfill God's calling and election for your life Now, Jesus provides us with a prime model and example of what can be done when you have received the five pillars of kingdom development and purpose from God. Uh, Security, belonging, acceptance, identity, and affirmation. Jesus has received in baptism, uh, once again, security, acceptance, acceptance, belonging, identity, and affirmation. Thus, he can handle his crises with hope, will, purpose, and competence as his identity is to be tested by a crisis. What do you mean, Dr. Carson? Listen, God the Father provided him identity and affirmation which prepared him for the crisis of his life. Now, after he was given his, uh, his uh, divine uh, identity, the scriptures record that he was now, according to Matthew and Luke, led by the Spirit. Uh, anago is the Greek term to lead up by the Spirit. The Spirit led him. The Spirit led him to trouble. The Spirit led him into a crisis. The Spirit led him into a situation that was challenging to him on another level, and it was only going to be the strength of his identity that would allow him to handle this crisis. So now it says about in Matthew and Luke, he was led by the Spirit, but according to Mark, he uses a more dramatic term, ekbalo. He was like to cast out, to drive out. So Mark says he was driven or thrusted into the wilderness, suggesting that, you know, this is not necessarily the place you want to go. Now, I want you to know he's going into a wilderness. You got snakes, scorpions, and then on top of that, the devil out there. Now, but he went out there to face a crisis. Now, thus, it says the Holy Spirit led him or thrusted him. And it says into the wilderness, a wild place where systems don't work. Things are not accustomed. You're not accustomed to the way things are working. Like right now, some of us feel like we're in the wilderness because life is not going the way we are accustomed to it going. But listen to what happens. The spirit leads him there to be tempted. Uh, Pirazo, the Greek term, uh, pirazo uh, means uh, it's a present passive participle. Present tense means continuously, and passive mean that which someone else does to you. So he was led to be tested by the devil, and the word pirazo means to be put to the test continuously. Hence, it was a, solic- a solicitation to evil by the devil, which meant He was sent into a crisis situation and he now had to deal with the diabolos. He now had to deal with one who hurls accusations against you. So now he's got to deal with the accuser of the brethren. See, accusations come to test your identity. And when you can't stand people saying anything about you, it's because you don't know who you are. Listen, God will never be able to use you as long as name calling or people saying this or seeing you a certain way uh, deters you from doing his will. So here we go. We're in the wilderness and Jesus is in the crisis, in the crisis. And the devil now is trying to put Peer pressure against him. Outside peer pressure. He's trying to get him to become something other than what he really is. And that's how the enemy works in your life. He's always trying to get you to act out of character. He's always trying to get you to act against who God has called you. So the devil attacks him in the wilderness. But what is he attacking? Uh, uh, What is the purpose of the attack? It is an attack against Christ's identity. If Christ did not know who he was, oh God, if he did not know who he was, this would have been fatal for humanity. Uh, I, I want you to understand this is why it's so important that God's cried out from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, when the hell oh, when you and when you and I fail to understand who we are in God, it becomes fatal for the world because now they have they do not have bridge builders. They do not have people that can connect them with God. So now let's let's examine this pericope just a, a little closer. This is uh, Matthew four. Is the version you can look at it verse one. Now. Satan attacks his identity. Now, and listen to what Satan says while, while he is in the wilderness that the Holy Spirit led him into. And Mark uses a more uh, forceful term. And Ekbalos cast him out into the wilderness to be tested by Satan. And so what's the first test here? What's the first temptation? And it was the temptation of Christ. Now, he was tempted. Now, in order for someone to be tempted, it has to be available and desirable. So, the things that Satan uh, offered uh, Christ to do, they became tempting because he wanted to do it and he had the ability to do it. Now, something is not tempting if you don't want to do it, then it's not tempting. And if you don't have the ability to do it, it's not tempting. I tell people, people say they see a pretty woman talking about, man, she sure tempted me. Now, you you may have lusted after her, but that woman wasn't interested in you. So that's not temptation. Temptation means it has to be desirable and available. So listen to now, Jesus is in this uh, crises because he's being tempted. So there is this internal war going on in him. And what's going to save him? What's going to save you in your war? What is going to save you in your complexity? What's going to save you in what you're going through? Listen to what the devil says. The devil says to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus replied to him only after temptation. That meant he was tempted to do it. But he says in verse three and four, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the uh, mouth of God. Now, Jesus has the ability to critically think through uh, this crisis And remain in intimacy with God. So he says, No, I gotta stay close to God. But he can't, he would not have been able to stay that close to God had he not known his identity. Because remember, the fifth stage of that process was identity versus role confusion, and the sixth stage was intimacy versus isolation. Now Jesus chose to be intimate because of his clear identity. So then listen what happened. Then Satan took him up uh, to the highest pinnacle of the temple. He took him up and, and then he says, now, if you are the son of God, here he is again, if you are the son of God, he's testing his identity. Throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. And uh, the, the scripture said, the angels are catching you. you, won't dash your feet, da, da 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 And Satan misquotes the scripture, takes it out of context, because context is everything. And Jesus, though, said to him, listen, it is written, thou shall not test the Lord thy God. Now, That's verses 5 through 7, but I want you to understand there was something in Jesus that tempted him to want to prove to Satan he was who he said he was. See, when you know who you are, you be who you are. You ain't got to prove it to nobody. And when you get into trying to prove who you are to people, then you lose the mantra of God, you lose the mantle and the anointing of the power of God in your life because now you've given over to the enemy. So now in this wilderness situation, the devil, uh, he's highly frustrated, but because Jesus knew who he was uh, and he now said, OK, you know who you are. Shoot. You know who you are. I can't touch you in identity. See when you know who you are, I want you to understand Jesus didn't have to go through that that wrestling match no more. You don't find him uh you don't find him ever again uh, uh uh battling with his identity. So Satan says, "Well, since you are the king, so now listen to what he says. I know you are who you say you are. But he says all these kingdoms of the world, look. I'll give them to you. All you have to do is just fall down and worship me. Why you got to get them the Bible way? You know, he didn't say that, you know, because it wasn't no Bible. But why you got to get it God's way? Why you got to do it through Torah? Why you got to do it through the scriptures? Now, Jesus, in his identity this time, immediately says, for the first time, listen, for the first time, Away with you Satan Satanas you deceiver now he starts off with dealing with the devil now he's dealing with Satan same same person but he's seeing him now through different lens you know he was hurling accusations and now he sees him as a serpent and a deceiver he sees Satan for exactly who he is And he says to him, get out of my face. Get away from me. And then he said, you know, trying to take the place of God in my life. I know who I am. You're right, I know who I am. And I know what God's word says. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God only, and him shall you serve. So after this, the Bible says, Satan stopped trying to tempt him. And Luke says this. Jesus came out of that experience in Luke 4 and 14. He returned out of the wilderness to begin his ministry. And Luke said he returned in the power of the spirit, Luke 4 and 14. And then where did he go soon as he come up out of the wilderness? He went to Nazareth. He went to Nazareth where he was brought up. And as the custom He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Now, here's the place where everybody knew him for his natural identity. But now he's making known his spiritual identity. And so he stood and he read what was handed to him, the book of Isaiah. And he opened it to Isaiah 61. And he found where it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me For he has anointed me to preach the gospel. He makes it known to everybody that I know who I am. I'm anointed to be who I am. And because I'm anointed, other folk are about to be delivered. See, when you really know who you are, God then uses you to help people in their lostness to identify back with him. Thus, Christ knows who is who is, uh, who you are, and he knows, though, who he is. But before he can move to the next level of his ministry, he knows who he is, but it's important that his disciples now know who he is. So, uh, he asked that question, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am. You hear I am in there. So he says, who do they say that I am? And you know, they gave a list of some of the most prominent uh, prophets of the time. And Jesus said, well, that's great. You're trying to flatter me. He says, that's what other people are calling me. So they're trying to group me into the identity of other people. You're like Jeremiah, or Elijah, or John. He, Jesus said, "What? Well, who do you say that I am?" And then Christ, then Peter said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Thus, when Peter, uh, when Peter answers Jesus, he says, "This flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. Has not revealed this to you." This is what he said my father who's in heaven has revealed this to you. So Jesus said, the only way you can know who I am is through revelation. So uh, we can only know God through revelation, not intellectualism. And so he says that my father has apocalypto, uncovered, revealed my identity to you. So the revelation of God is not gained by what he's done or what he's doing. You have, you, in order to know who God is, God has to initiate giving you revelation. So whenever you sense who God is, that is God's reaching out to you. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, no man can call Christ Lord except by the Holy Spirit. But now, once Peter is given the revelation of who Christ is, then Christ then revealed to Peter who he was. He says, and thou art Petros, a small rock, a pebble, a chip off the old block. He says, but upon this Petra, different Greek term, which is major rock, boulder, it's the rock of revelation uh, that I am the son of God. He says, I will build my church. Now, those who are a part of the ecclesia, those who have been called out and assembled around my name, I'm going to give them purpose. As God provides you revelation of who he is, then you can know who you are and then begin connecting to your purpose. You can understand your call versus your career. You can understand your gifts rather
2: than your talents. Thank you for listening to the Kingdom Teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org. If you would like to know more about the kingdom and your faith, we invite you to enroll in the Kingdom Bible University. Check this out.
0: Studying the Bible can be challenging if you don't understand what you're reading. The Ethiopian eunuch admitted that he couldn't understand except someone teach him. As kingdom citizens, we are called to live out God's word in every moment of our lives. But we must understand the word in order to do that. The Kingdom Bible University was created to help believers learn God's word on a practical level and teach you how to live it out in your daily life. KBU desires to help you achieve the kingdom knowledge and empowerment of the Bible that helps you enhance your spiritual life to maximize your potential. Find out more information about KBU by visiting our website www.kingdombibleuniversity.com understand the Bible like never before and experience the power that is within to change your life for God's glory. Learn more about KBU today.
2: Before we end this broadcast, we would like to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. Please repeat this prayer after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you now, acknowledging that I am a sinner and in need of your grace. Save me, Lord. Make me clean. All that I am, all that I have, I give to you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you said this prayer, we celebrate with you. And we invite you to join online to further your kingdom journey at therockwoi.com and click on Join Online. We would love to assist you through your new kingdom life and send you a free copy of Dr. Carson's book, My New Life in the Kingdom. We look forward to connecting with you.
0: Have you ever desired to be a part of making history and accomplishing great things? Dana Carson Kingdom Ministries is making history and through DCKM Partners, we are accomplishing significant ministry opportunities for the kingdom of God. DCKM ministry spreads the gospel of the kingdom around the world through broadcasts like this. And if you would like to be a part of Touching Lives, partner with DCKM today. Testimonies come in daily of how lives are transformed through the power of the word. When you partner with DCKM, you help receive breakthroughs, miracles, and the transformational word of God. Would you consider becoming a partner? your monthly love gift and weekly prayers really can make a huge difference. No amount is too small. Visit DrDanaCarson.org to find out more information on how to become a partner. And we look forward to the impact you can make around the world.
2: That concludes today's broadcast. Thank you for listening to the ministry of Dr. Dana Carson. Until next time may the kingdom of God rule and reign in your hearts and minds.
1: This of the kingdom shall be
0: The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministry.